DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Wake that, that ass up. up. The Breakfast Club is on. Right. Yeah. I have to live life. I'm talking to the Breakfast Club this morning. Okay, okay. I love coming here. I'm never not going to come here. You guys are good to me. In return, I'm always going to be good to you. A lot of people in the hip-hop generation, The Breakfast Club is where people get the information on the topics, on the artists, and everything like that. In that aspect, radio is still important. The Breakfast Club. When my name come up, respect it. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Friday. In Toronto, good morning. Yes, it's Friday. The weekend is here. I had a great day yesterday. My daughter uh, finally was allowed to walk across that stage and graduate um, because of COVID. Because of COVID and coronavirus, of course, they pushed back graduation. Graduation. She's supposed to graduate in June, I believe. No, before June. No, May. Yeah, she was supposed to graduate May. She was supposed to graduate around Mother's Day, but it was pushed back to yesterday. So. Uh, it was great. I mean, I'm a happy dad. She graduated. Uh, it was a small ceremony. Um, they only allowed six people per student, which was pretty dope because they actually allowed the students to sit with the families because they didn't want all the students sitting with each other. Uh, it was outside, uh, of course, under a tent. Uh, it was just it was just a really great graduation. So uh, happy graduation to Madison. Uh, I think she starts school in like two weeks. So uh, she really has no summer. And then after we went to a restaurant called 130 Club in Jersey, amazing, amazing, amazing food. It's the first time uh, the family's been out since the whole thing to eat together. So that was pretty dope. So, again, congratulations to Maddie. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. And you said COVID and coronavirus. Well, COVID, coronavirus, you know what I mean. As, as if we have two threats out there. <laughs> congratulations to Maddie, though. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was. It was great, man. It was great. I didn't cry. I thought I was going to cry. I'm a crier, but I didn't cry. And I think I didn't cry because I don't want to say I was over it, but she, to me, she graduated in May, you know, but it was just kind of like, uh, but it was still a I great mean, experience, though. She got the pictures, you know, mm-hmm. something that she can say she did, you know, get to do that little pomping, pomping circumstance, do her little mm-hmm. dance to pomping circumstance. You yeah. Know? I know. I, I never got to march across the stage, not because of any pandemic, just because I was a bad kid and I graduated in night school. That's all. Well, that sucks, I got, man. Of, I got kicked out of two high schools, so I don't even know what that experience feels like. So when your daughter graduates, guy. you should walk with her. You should ask the school if you what? can walk with her. You know, some people what? do that. Like, like today, I've never uh, yesterday, seen that. like yesterday, there were some parents that you know went up on the stage that actually gave their kid to the, the diploma for you know different reasons. Uh, you should ask to do that. You walk across the stage care. with your daughter. I, 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 you don't care. I don't care that. I don't care that no. much. I remember no. when I graduated from <laughs> it's not that college. Serious. It was it was raining so hard. We just wanted to get out of there. It was pouring that day, and so it wasn't what it should have felt like. Just because everybody was just trying to get out of there, we couldn't wear the little outfits we had picked out. Mm-hmm. It was just sitting there in the rain, and then. Yeah, that was it. Then we couldn't even really do much because nobody wanted to be outside. Everybody ran inside after. 
Yeah, well, the most important thing was my parents were there, and and that was my whole thing. You know, my parents wanted to see their grandchild graduate out of high school and start college. So the fact that they were there and able to see that, and they were happy and made their, it made their year. So that was the most important thing for me. So now on to, to to big and brighter things. That's right, college. Uh, mm-hmm. I just rolled out of bed, rolled out of bed at five fifty-five. I'm not gonna front. That is the one good thing about uh, working from home. You know. It's not like I do that every morning, but this morning I did it, and it felt great. Mm. Yeah, I'm tired today. I thought about saying that the connection didn't work here. <laughs> Go back to sleep. You thought, you <laughs> no, thought about like, uh, you thought about I lying. Did. You thought about I did. <laughs> I was like, poor connection. <laughs> My All right. Well, let's get the show cracking. Run the jewels will be joining us this morning. Yeah. Killer Mike and LP. Killer Mike. That's right. So we'll kick it with them. And we have a, a pastor and doctor joining us, right, Yee? Yes, Dr. Stories, and he has this D-free uh, seminar that he's been doing and that he's been helping people be financially free for the past 15 years. So over the weekend, there's a, a two-day seminar that Pastor Stories does, and he's the same person that actually coordinated the sit-down between the women's records basketball team and Don Imus when he called them nappy-headed. We get it, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? Uh, we are going to be talking about uh, Biden and Obama and their video that they have for Joe Biden's campaign. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Uh, well, let's start with football. Thursday's opening day. And each player and coach took a knee before the national anthem. And the game was between the New York Yankees and the Washington Nationals. And that was all in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. Each of the teams knelt beside one another. And they were socially distancing. And then when they knelt, uh, a clip of Morgan Freeman talking about social injustice played over the loudspeakers. And then they stood for the national anthem. And the uh, yeah, park is empty. I mean, I, uh, that's why athlete activism is great. Protest through sports is great. That's why anybody who thought that sports would be a distraction, if you're being honest with yourself, uh, sports is going to be one of the main ways that they keep awareness on all of these issues because the news cameras have moved away, people. Correct. Sorry. They just have. Dr. Fauci also threw out the first pitch. I don't know if you guys saw it, but they're comparing it to 50 Cent because it was. Yeah, was so it bad. that bad? I didn't see it. Was it that bad? <laughs> Apparently. Goodness why do people get why do people get mad at guys like Dr. Fauci because yeah. they can't throw a pitch? I get mad at guys like Fifty Cent because they can't throw a pitch. They not athletes. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Not, <laughs> that's not what they do. You still wanted to at least. I mean, Fifties was just ridiculous. Fifty didn't even throw it towards the home plate. It looked like he threw it to third base. <laughs> like there's certain things that you know the ball should go that way and it shouldn't be going to the right. I all right, know, now that doesn't bother me at all. Joe Biden and Obama paired up together and they did a video. It was socially distanced to uh, talk about the campaign and also discuss what's wrong with our president now. One thing they discussed was health care and insurance. The next stage of this is going to be if the stimulus can keep people afloat, then we have to deal with recovery. And the recovery is building back, but not just building back, as you've been talking, now I'm talking about, building back better. That includes child care. That includes turning making significant investments in infrastructure so people can make uh, not just a living wage but a union wage, making sure we have a build up an entire new public health system and making sure everybody has health care. 
And well, now we have a chance. We can add a public option now. Right. That means economic equity packages for black people since systemic racism put them in the conditions that they're currently in. So we got to systemically do something to get them out. Mm-hmm. In addition, Barack Obama spoke about how he is confident that Joe Biden will be able to handle this public health crisis. You and I had experience dealing with public health crisis. And in each instance, what you and I understood and why I have so much confidence that you're going to be able to deal with COVID in the way that other countries with our kinds of resources are dealing with it right now, which is smartly, I have confidence that you're going to actually listen to the experts. Yeah. And you're not going to quit on trying to actually bend down the curve of disease and transmission rates. Yeah, they still sneak this in, though. They still subtweeting. Like, like they they got to speak straight. They're talking around the fact that this president and his administration have done a horrible job with coronavirus. Call it out for what it is directly, by name, okay? Say what it is, because people catch these messages in sound bites. So right. no need to sound like you uh, sneak this in a subtweeting. We know what it is, so say it. All right, well, that is your front page news. Oh, and earlier I said football, I guess. I meant to say baseball. I'm still a little out of it, but, you know, yeah. it's a long night. That, and I just watched the pitch. It, it, it was It was... It was like a baby throwing a pitch. He didn't even get it nowhere near home plate. It was it, it wasn't as nasty as fifty cents though. But it was it was just <laughs> a doctor. Okay, why would he be why would he be able to throw a pitch? He's Dr. Fauci. Why would we expect him to go out there and throw a hundred and five mile power fastball right down the middle? I didn't expect oh, that. Right. Nobody expected that, but you know. If it's you like playing Dr. a game of catch with your son. Oh, you if doing? you thought Dr. Fauci was going to throw a good pitch, then you're one of those people who thought uh, the executive producer, celebrity apprentice Donald Trump was going to be a good president. Okay? People do what they do. All right. All right. Well, that is your front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, you're good. Trav, what up, Trav? Hi, Trav. What's up, Yee? How you doing, boo? Uh, <laughs> oh, good, no, how are oh, you? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm doing good. What's going on, Sean? Peace, sis. What's happening? No, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Uh, I, I got um, actually two things. First, I was going to say um, the, the real is back. The Villa's back. The LeBron James a rap, baby. Okay. Shout out to J. Cole. <laughs> he dropped two bangers. Two bangers on you, Charlemagne. Two of them. Man, shut up. You know why I don't respect you? Because you went quiet when he dropped that uh that 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 dud that everybody was killing him over. The little no-name this. You disappeared. You ain't had nothing to say then. Uh, uh, you didn't show uh, up uh, talking uh, about, he dropped the LeBron James a rap and bang. Rap and bang us. There, there, bro, there, there was nothing to say about no-name this one. Um, he, no, 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 no. Forget no names this. The record he put out. Oh, uh, uh, Snow in the Bluff? There you go. Man, I was talking about that record all the whole day in my, on my Instagram, bro. But anyway, se- secondly, Tom Hanks. I kind of went down like this little wormhole on him, right? So look, <laughs> there's this actor oh. that made some very heavy accusations about him, right? And then, like, he made this video saying that he's not suicidal. He would never commit suicide. And then he jumped off a bridge on Route 66, right, and said he committed suicide. They say he committed suicide. If you go to Tom Hanks' page, Tom Hanks has a picture on his page. There's a glove, and the caption says, this is open road, and it says historic Route 66. Roadkill? Question mark. I hope not. Hanks. 
It's just scary, man. If you start the night, it's really looking at, like Tom Hanks. But all right, y'all. I think I think, I think you need to stop being an Instagram investigator. You just put a whole murder on Forrest Gump this morning for what? Like, well, like what no did idea. you get out of that? I have no idea what he's talking you, about. You just you just caught up here and just accused Forrest Gump of being involved with a murder. I got you got too much time. Hello, who's I this? God. It's Sylvester. How y'all doing, Breakfast Club? Sylvester, hey, good Sylvester. morning. Get it off your chest, Sylvester. Uh, so I stayed up. I'm in California right now. I stayed up this late or early. Uh, because I wanted y'all to drop one of Clue's bombs for AOC and that speech that she gave to Congressman mm-hmm. Yuhu. She, I mean, drop drop the bomb for her. I haven't, okay. I haven't watched it yet. I heard about it. I kept seeing. That's why everybody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, no, he called he called her out of her name because yep. she was making a correlation between the rising the crime and, and 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 poverty in New York right now. And uh, even, even with that being said, I think right now is the perfect time because uh, I think poverty has a direct correlation to the fact that slavery is still legal in this country. And I feel like while we're, we're calling for team name, names to change and statutes to come down, that like now is the time to call for an amendment of 13th Amendment. Yeah, I agree. And I um, I understand that y'all uh, got to hear things from politicians, but everybody in their mama who grew up in a certain environment knew that once the impl- unemployment rate hit the way that it was hitting, that there was going to be more crime in the hood, sir. That's why we understand yeah, yeah, yeah. the defund the police uh, thing better than a lot of people because we know what that money will do for those communities. It'll provide opportunity. And you got to get those people's opportunity if you want the crime to come down. Exactly like you said, if you put the if you put certain communities systematically in this place, then it's your responsibility to systematically uh, help them get out of that That's place. Right. So I just you know I, I hope that you all uh, and you've done it before in the past, but I think it's a perfect time to reintroduce that conversation. That like now we need a little bit more than symbolic gestures, and we have to mm-hmm. amend the thirteenth. Thank you, brother. That's right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm telling. I'm telling. Hey, what you doing, man? I'm telling. I'm calling you. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The (laughs) Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Please. Hey, get it off your chest. Hi, I just wanted to say good morning and uh, shout out to my husband. Our wedding anniversary is tomorrow, so I just wanted to let him know that I love him and appreciate him for all that he does for me. And um, I can't wait to journey on for the next forever years. Oh, that's beautiful. What's his name? His name is Andrew. Okay. Congratulations, Queen. That was beautiful. Thank you. Whoa. Wow, Drum. Drum. I'm so mad he don't got no boo. You so mad you don't got no anniversary. Mm-mm. You just hung up on her like that. You disrespectful. I thought that was, I, I feel bad about that one. I thought she was done. Mm-mm. Hello, who's this? Bad. Good morning. This is Asia. I'm uh, calling from uh, Take the Pledge by Black.com. I called last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just calling Black. a fact that made me uh, happy. Uh, according to Forbes, uh, they reported that Yelp revealed that uh, the support for black-owned businesses has increased by 7,000%. So that's a good thing. So I just want to commend everyone for um, increasing their consumption of black-owned products and for patronizing black-owned businesses. And I also want to challenge people to try to replace 
at least like one category of products with black owned alternatives, whether it's like skincare or hair care, or it could be something specific like band-aids or like candles or anything. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, last week DJ Emmy, you were saying that you didn't know where to go to find like these uh, black owned products. So I just yes, want to shout out Angela Yee and Charlemagne for giving you some suggestions. And then I also wanted to encourage you to join the Facebook group Black Owned New Jersey. They have over 190,000 members, and I found a black dentist from there. Shout out to Dr. Uh, Hopkins, and mm-hmm. I also found a um, a person who makes like canvas pictures. You can find anything there. Literally anything you need, you just search it up. And if if it's not there, somebody will suggest something for you. And then one more thing, my mom was coming at my neck for saying that Dr. Sandy was too expensive for me last uh, uh, last week. So I just wanted to apologize. She, I mean, I was broke back then. I didn't want to discourage people from going to her. No, seriously. I didn't want to discourage people from going to her. Um, so, yeah, Dr. Sandy does amazing work. Um, if you check out... Um, Charlemagne's video from when he went to the view, his skin looked amazing. So that's all the proof you need. Uh, she worth right. the money. So shout out to Doctor Sandy. All right, right. Well, thank Sandy, you, Mama. Um, Doctor Sandy ahead. is a miracle worker. Drop on the clues bonds for Doctor Sandy, best dermatologist on the planet. Black woman. All right, get it off your chest. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. We got rumors on the way, ye. Yes, and let's talk about a new song that is being produced. You guys remember We Are the World, but we'll tell you about what the 2020 version is going to be. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Kanye West. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Well, according to sources, it looks like Kim Kardashian and Kanye West have been talking about divorcing for a long time after six years of marriage. They said even before this latest bipolar episode, uh, they both had mutually decided that there have been sufficient communications to establish they both feel the marriage has ended. And so... They're saying Kanye has now been following a different path, both in terms of his announcement for a presidential bid, as well as in the terms of the way he has chosen to communicate and the things that he has chosen to say. So uh, that's what's leading to this. Also, according to reports and according to TMZ, Kanye is not even trying to speak to Kim Kardashian right now. He's been ducking her phone calls and rejecting her pleas to come and join him in Wyoming. So there's been very little communication between the two of them ever since he went to his uh, rally in South Carolina last weekend. And they haven't been spending any time together at all. Uh, by sources, when they say sources, uh, when they say sources, do they mean Chris Jenner's PR team? I'm sure. You know, that's the, you know that's the only person that's leaking this. Because it seems stuff. like it's coming from her side right now. Of course. But, you know, imagine I, I, imagine if you're you're with somebody, right, and they're a huge Trump supporter, and they say all these things publicly that you don't agree with. That has to be difficult. Kim is a Trump supporter. What do you mean? Kim goes to the White House and, and mm-hmm. has conversations with Jared Kushner and Donald Trump as part of her prison reform. I don't. Oh, I don't know what who she for real Kim, is, Kim, but Kim, I'm just Kim, saying. Kim is, for my, I was just thinking about for myself. I don't mean necessarily Kim, but just imagine what oh, that must yeah, be like. Kim, yeah, Kim has defended Trump on several occasions. I also see Kanye trending on uh, Twitter because Donda didn't drop today. Why do we continue to fall for the same old tricks? When is the last time Kanye dropped an album on time, people? 
Seriously, yeah, still, this but is the last few projects. Yeah, but like, I, I think we, it's why, more than that. How do we fall for the same though. old tricks? Oh my God. I think it's more than that this time. I think I think the I think the gentleman has a problem. I, I think his his marriage is in trouble. I think he's spiraling out of everything. I think he's having a problem. I don't think it's just oh I'm just doing this to promote my album. I, I doubt that. It, it doesn't seem like that. It seems more. Y- 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 y'all do y'all do realize he's done this the last few projects. Supposed to drop albums on certain days and doesn't, and then they come out later that afternoon or come out a week later. He he's done this on every single project he's done for the last few couple of years. Well, yeah, and I saw Plies tweeted out, they only play crazy when they got an album coming out. And then T.I. also seems to think that uh, Kanye's tweet about Little Baby was just because he does want to work with Little Baby and never really reached out to him, but he knew that would do it. So T.I. said, mm-hmm. oh, he just came up with that one in the moment because that was the request. <laughs> the man knows how to create compelling spectacles like no other. That he does. And he does throw tantrums like a man child when he wants something instead of just asking for it. He'll throw a tantrum about it or say he he can't get it or people are trying to deny it to him. And then he usually ends up winning. He usually ends up getting his way. All right. It looks like Kim Zolciak and Marlon Wayans have made made up ever since uh, he said that she looks like the white chicks character, which a lot of people have always said about her. And if you guys remember, he had posted a picture of Kim Zolciak on his Instagram page and captioned it, no, we are not in production on white chicks too, the F. And she was very upset about it. And now she's saying, okay, the two of them ran into each other. And here she is at the airport in Atlanta letting TMZ know what happened. I was um, walking out of Nobu. Yeah. And he said, you still mad at me, Kim? You still mad at me? You still mad at me, Kim? (laughs) Wait, did he apologize? No, he just said, I think he touched Corey like, what up, man? That's like like a prideful apology. So I I didn't really know who he was just because the mask and like so. And then he said that to me and I was like, no, we're good. I can't stay mad at you. And then I was walking out and I was like, you know what? Let me talk to this. I went back in and I was like, wait. And I said, no, we're good. And took a picture. I'm so happy that Marlon and Kim squashed the beef. That could have gotten out of hand. You know they. What are you talking about? Shut up. Nah, nah, nah. For real, yo. They both got shooters. We don't need no oh, stop it. You stop it. Summer, man. Thank God that beef was squashed. Thank God the beef between Stop Kim it. and Marlon Wayans was, was squashed. Thank you, Lord. All right, and Jermaine Dupri is producing. We are a We Are the World inspired charity song. It's called Change. And artists are include Jonte Austin, Neo, Kelly Rowland, Monica, Miguel. Gary Clark Jr., JoJo, Eric Bellinger, and Angel. So he said he took a page from Quincy Jones when it comes to artists rejecting the opportunity. He said, I've had a few people who rejected being on the song. A week ago, those rejections had me in an effed up space. I'm trying to do something good for the cause, so I had to get myself out of that funk. I'm a songwriter, so when someone rejects one of my songs, I start thinking the song sucks immediately. He said, that's when I started reading. I read that when Quincy and Michael Jackson did We Are The World, Prince came to the studio and he rejected being on the song. When I saw that, it relieved me because I'm like, that's why Prince wasn't on the song, because he didn't like it. I also read Cindy Lauper thought the song sounded like a soap commercial. And a couple of others said they didn't love the song. So that gave me my next week of confidence. And I started reaching out to the Detroit Choir. He said, it's a song that represents this current time that we're in. Yeah, people probably rejected it because We Are The World is such a high bar. So when yeah. you start calling people up saying we want to do another We Are The World, they're like, yeah, that's a very high bar to, 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 to touch. But what also made We Are The World iconic is the fact at the time, it seemed like they had every A-list rapper around. I'm not rapper. That's rapper. Artist. Singer, like, artist. 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 Yeah. Artist. Artist. Every A-list yeah. artist. Every A-list artist around. So even if Prince From wasn't different on different genres it, and everything. But yeah, you know what, though? Yeah. But he remember what he said? He said he started with Michael. So once you have Michael with you, it, you see a lot more artists be like, oh, Michael's true. doing it? 
I'm doing Very it. Now, true. if Jay started with, let's say, Beyonce, Beyonce all yeah, these artists would be like, yeah, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. Or Rihanna, they'd be like, yeah, I'm in, you know? Yeah. Very true. All right. Well, to this day, I still know how to do We Are the World in sign language. Really? Okay. Random Why you fact. That person? Why were you that person? When I was in school, we had to do a play, and I played the Statue of Liberty. It was called The Statue Speaks. Oh, my and goodness. we I came to life, and I had to tell the story of how the Statue of Liberty got to, <laughs> got to New York and got delivered, and there were some tourists that came to look at me, and I told them my story, and then we all did We Are the World in Sign Language. Amazing can story, Angela Yee. Drop on the clues, bombs for Angela Yee. Round of applause. Can, can you do it right? Can you do it right back? Sure. You ready? Story. Yep. There comes a there time. There comes a time when we hear a certain call, call. When the world, the world must, come must come together, together as, one. as one. Yeah. There are people dying. If you have Revolt TV, you can see the sign. And it's time to lend a hand. You're not doing it. <laughs> all I come on. All right. all right, let's go to hook. Do you know the next we line? are the world. We are the children. <laughs> We are the ones who make a brighter day, so let's start giving. There's a choice we're making. Envy looked like one of the kids who would receive the proceeds from We Are the World. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, uh, we got front page news coming up. What we talk about in front page news? Yes, Later. we'll be talking about Donald Trump. He has canceled the Republican National Convention in Florida. We'll give you the reason why. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, let's start with Donald Trump. Now, he was on Fox News talking to Sean Hannity, and he was discussing sending federal agents to high-crime cities. Here's what he said. Let us go in. We'll clean it up. Now, in Portland, we had to do it because that was that's their anarchist. So we went in and we've been very, very strong. But we want to go in and help the cities. We want to help Chicago. We want to help all of them. Detroit's having problems. We'll put in 50,000, 60,000 people that really know what they're doing. And they're strong. They're tough. And we could solve these problems so fast. But as you know, we have to be invited in. Mr. At President, point, I want to ask you about that. We're going to have to do something that's... Much stronger than being invited in. You know, once again, man, these cities don't need force. They need funding. We keep saying that mm -hmm. to y'all. If you want to help, don't send federal agents. Send federal aid. These people need money and resources. They need to be, they need to be provided opportunity. They need to be money put into these cities so they can have job training programs and better schools and STEM centers. More money for mental health services so these kids can deal with their trauma and grief. All you're about to do is go into those cities and traumatize them even more because they already feel like the government don't give a damn about them. Now y'all really about to show them y'all don't give a damn about them. Yeah, that's not a long-term solution at all. Nope. So. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm glad that, you know, they want to clean up a mess that systemic racism created, but that's not how you do it. Mm. <laughs> right? They need, they need opportunity, resources, funding. That's what, that's what cities like Chicago need. Come on, man. All right. Donald Trump has also canceled the Republican National Convention in Florida, and that's because of the surge in coronavirus cases. It was supposed to be in Jacksonville, but cases have continued to spike in Florida. So during a briefing at the White House, he said presidential nominating delegates would still meet in Charlotte, North Carolina, which was the original planned location, but that there would be no large events. He said, I looked at my team and I said, the timing for this event is not right. It's just not right with what's happened to have a big convention. It's not the right time. It's really something that for me, I have to protect the American people. That's what I've always done. Oh, please. Since when did he start making smart decisions <laughs> and wise choices? Knock it off. 
Uh, you want to iron you that whole federal uh, militarized agent situation? Those same militarized agents will either protect Trump when he uh, refuses to leave the White House uh, on January 20th or escort him out when he refuses to leave the White House on January 20th. Either way, it's going to be interesting. All right. Now, there are some new guidelines for the CDC, and those guidelines are coming in favor of opening up schools and these are guidelines on education, child care, all of those things. They said that children don't suffer much from coronavirus and they're less likely than adults to spread it and suffer from being out of school. They recommend that local officials should consider closing schools or keeping them closed if there is substantial uncontrolled transmission of the virus. But they've been coming up with these guidelines and saying they were going to release them for more than a week now after Donald Trump has demanded that they alter their recommendations for opening schools uh, the CDC director said it is critically important for our public health to open schools this fall. School closures have disrupted normal ways of life for children and parents, and they've had negative health consequences on our youth. The CDC is prepared to work with kindergarten through 12 schools to 12th grade schools to safely reopen while protecting the most vulnerable. Hey, man, my daughter is 12. You got to convince her because my daughter already says she don't feel comfortable yeah. going back and I'm respecting my daughter's. Uh, wishes, you know, because she's at that age where I, I trust her instincts and I, I want her to learn how to trust her own intuition. So if she feels that way, I'm not mad at it. You know, I just got to make sure according, she's not trying to trick me because she don't like school. According to the you know, CDC, <laughs> they also said that children often get food, mental health care, speech, language therapy, and other services at school. And so uh, not being in school can lead to severe learning loss and the need for in-person instruction is very important for students with heightened behavioral needs. But what about the teachers, though? What about those older teachers who work there and principals and stuff like that? They got to be around those kids all day. The kids may be asymptomatic, but what about the teachers? Yeah, but they, they still got to, you know, the, the bad thing is these kids got to go to school so parents could get out and go to work. A lot of these parents don't can't, you know, can't stay home with the kids all day if they got to go out and make money, if they got to go out and work. So. And it's, you know how difficult it is for a kid to learn in at home by their computer and not have, you know, the actual teachers showing them how to do things and all that. It's, it's very difficult. Well, I, I tell you what, when them kids go to school and then they go back home to their parents and, you know, some of them stay with their grandparents. Once again, right. they still, still still asymptomatic. They can pass it on to those adults. I, just, I, don't, I don't know, man. I just think that they should give the option. Like here in New Jersey, I don't know how it is across the rest of the country, but in New Jersey, they're not even giving you the option to have, like, online courses, which is stupid to me. Like, the school should make it to where if the peop some people want to come to school, great. Those that don't have online courses available. Right. All right. And just so you guys know, the U.S. has surpassed 4 million COVID-19 cases yesterday. They added uh, 1 million known cases in just 15 days as states are reporting record-breaking numbers. Uh, yeah, how, many people are, how many people are dying, though? That's the thing. How many people are dying from the disease? The mortality rate has dropped. Mm -hmm. But no, no, I think a thousand, a thousand people died in America yesterday, right? Am I tripping? I thought I read that somewhere. Mm -hmm. All I know is we're going to catch McDonald's soon. How many people McDonald's done served? Billions. Over a billion, right? Yeah, over a billion. Has that number grown? That number been the same since I was it's a been child, the same, Yeah, it's been the same since we've been kids. <laughs> it, should, it should be about three, four billion for McDonald's now, right? Absolutely, yeah. All right, well, that is your front page news. Now, when we come back... We're going to kick it with Run the Jewels, all right? Yes, LP indeed. and Killer Mike. We're going to talk to them when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got some special guests in the building. Run the Jewels. Welcome, yeah. guys. Thank you for having us. 
What's going What's on? Up, brothers? Happy to be here. Happy to be at the Breakfast Club at the same time. Can I, I ask you guys a, a more personal question just relating to this album? Um, the last song, A Few Words for the Firing Squad, right? Uh, LP, you got married a couple years ago, so it hasn't been super long. And obviously, Killer Mike, we know you're an amazing wife. And so I wanted to ask you guys how the heaviness of the world affects your life at home and how your wives feel about everything that's been going on right now and how have your relationships been affected just with mm. coronavirus, the pandemic, police brutality, the protests, everything that's been happening, how has home life been and how has it changed? She's been amazing and she's been understanding in that regard. And I know that she's affected as well. I'm doing everything I can to, to try and make her happy right now. We're a, we're out at the beach right now. It's her birthday, and I just I brought her out of here to just get away from all the shit. But I know for me, she um, that song is very important, and I know it's for Mike as well. This record felt like a chance for me to say something like, this is who you married. This is who your husband is. This is the reason why I do what I do. I have, you know, I have a past, and I have principles, and I want you to understand me because you're, you're putting all this love and energy into, into supporting me. So that record for me is very special. Mike? Y'all know me and Shay, man. Y'all know some mornings I'm on live waking her up, pissing her the f off, and she wants to murder me. And others where we just two regular parents, a dad and a mom, two taking care of kids that kind of are brought to the situation. So it's allowed us to grow, you know, more in the past of my grandparents. So she's really reverted back to a lot of the very simple, very basic Southern things. And I've reverted back to my grandfather. Growing a garden and fishing with Greg Street and shit, you know what I mean? I realized that I have been on the road so long that I have missed a significant portion of my kids' life, whereas in now I've had a chance to be with them and to actually just be with my wife. You know, my wife travels with me, and what I realized at a certain point that it's unfair to her. In the last tour, she chose to stay home more, and I didn't like that as much. So God said, hey, I got one for you, buddy. Now you guys are at home together. Now you got to learn how to communicate better and effectively now you guys can take the time to grow businesses and grow a stronger bond and really be the matriarch and patriarch of a family i, lo I love my wife like um like envy loves you you know what i mean just Absolutely. you gotta and I, I can remember being at that table at um with what you see and um when we were all at that tyler perry thing together and i look at you your missus to my left i look at joy reading her mister to my right and i don't care what differences has been had at that table i don't care what agreed or not agreed on i i was i realized how normal that moment was that we were just people with our the people who support and love us and you know that was a good night we were just a bunch of black Hell people yeah. talking shit, you know what i mean and i've had to have so many more of those nights that i realized as much as my dream is that i got and how happy i was with my dream and then run the jewels that I had missed this bigger happiness of, of being able to celebrate it with my family. And that's a, that's a radically different feeling. So I, I've grown tighter and my bond is strong with my wife and we've been able to do bigger and better business together, which I love. And we've been able to be more philanthropic around Atlanta. And um, I've been happy just to be home with her. I love her. She just came back from Savannah. So I'm just getting over two days of being mad. She was gone. Uh, she still won't get up and make it to the breakfast club in the morning though when you guys are No, on. we, we, yo, you should wake Shay up because I'm actually in my house. Before, Angela, let me know when we got five minutes because she's getting the up today. <laughs> oh, you God. can't wake her up right now, right out of her sleep and put her on the camera now. <laughs> she can mask up that <laughs> You know what I want to get your guys' thoughts on too? 
I was thinking about this because all these uh, television shows and movies that we grew up watching, right, that meant a lot to us, because this is like a television show also. Yeah, it on is. The album. And right now what they're doing is a lot of stuff today wouldn't fly. You know, like, of course, the Dukes of Hazard. you couldn't have that show on with the Confederate flag on the card today. What happens with that content? You see what Gone with the Wind, they took that off of streaming services. So what do you think about all these television shows and movies from back in the day? It's, what- it's making a ton more money for specialty cable because I still watch the Dukes of Hazzard. Really? I just go to the I just go to the fucking country channel and I do the same thing I did when I was eight. I ignore the fuck out of the top of the car. I <laughs> listen to life advice from Cooter and Uncle Jesse. I lust Daisy and Bo and Luke are pretty fucking cool because you have to remember as we're only fifty six years into freedom as as a people with black folk. I've been seeing the Confederate flag my whole life and it's been benign as a snake with no teeth and no venom. What I've missed and what I'm scared of with television now is I remember learning about race and class in a very powerful way, watching All in the Family, watching the Jeffersons in particular, when George saves the life of that Klansman um, because he learned CPR earlier in the episode, and the guy looks over and says, you should have let me die when he realized the black man. As a kid, that allowed me to be tough enough to understand that there's some people that are vehemently dug into racism. You're not going to change them. But seeing things that challenge perception around me just helped me grow. I still like shows like A Different World and The Cosby Show. I can separate the show from the horrible things that have been done. But that show taught a lot of boys how to be husbands, brothers, dads. So I still watch a lot of the old shows. You know, maybe shows like The Shiner are doing that by putting different lifestyles in our face and saying these people exist. They contend I'm thinking that, that shows like The Wire have done it. But I don't know where we're going to go the next 10, 15, 20 years because if we start to be too offended by everything, we stop being willing to be challenged to accept new stuff and be empathetic. It's my opinion. What do you guys think about the funding the police and everything that's going on with police? And even with the rise of the shootings going on across the country, it almost, this is my opinion, it seems like police officers are not responding per se as they should be. I think we should stop saying triggered words that they give us. You know, both of our fathers haven't been involved in law enforcement. We know that America is never going to defund the total local municipalities and police departments. And if they do, then you will have a federal police agency, and that will become your Gestapo. So I'm just telling people, when you're saying defund the police, I think what people are saying, or I know what the real objective is, is to take some of the funding that police get to become more military-like and put that into other things. When when a lot of this pops off, man, you have overfunded military flight tanks. You have overfunded military-like uniforms and guns and ammunition, and you have underfunded the police athletic league, things that will greater connect the community. You have underfunded loan programs that will allow policemen from a community to live in the communities they police or close. You have underfunded the police payment. Atlanta police, they, they got a raise this year. They deserved a raise years ago. And there are other things we can fund around education, trade programs, that we don't have to pour so much into our police, essentially making them a Marine Corps on the street, um, which is not a bad thing to have the Marine Corps. Shout out to Marines. But we're making them a military force of occupiers versus of servants and protectors of the community. All right, we got more with Run the Jewels when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Run the Jewels. Charlamagne? 
I, I, I want you to uh, unpack a line for me, man. It's on the new album. I think it's on Yankee and the Brave. He said, "I got a, I got one round left. A hundred cops outside. Cops outside. I can shoot at I them. Shoot put them. one between my eyes. It shows the ladder. It don't matter. It ain't suicide. And if the dude say it was, it's a goddamn lie." It seems like that single an describes the black experience in America. Like those are the those are the two options. You either get kill them or kill yourself. Like unpack that a little bit for me. There's a time that's going to come in this country that if we keep at the pace we're going, that citizens are going to have to decide: is my freedom and liberty greater than the comfort of government control? And living black, you often feel this earlier. You feel the brunt heavy, heavier, and people don't have to believe you. But the attitude is that because the spirit is that I got one book. You know, I'm not going around looking to hurt nobody or be hurt. But at some point, the world is going to mount itself against me in a way where like that hero versus that coward, Trayvon versus that coward, George Zimmerman. You got to fight to the very death. And that is the black experience for me. The black experience is one like that line wasn't a hopeless line. Sometimes the odds are so far against us that that's what it is. But like Fred Hampton, they're going to kill me. This going to be in my motherfucking sleep. Or I'm just going to kill myself. And I'm not going to give these devils and these predators and these evil motherfuckers the satisfaction of knowing they killed or broken, you know? And if we stand in that solidarity, if everybody does that little bit, a lot hasn't doesn't have to get done, you know? Uh, we have to understand that the greatest part about this moment of being black or being a part of the proletariat or any part of any people struggle right now is the motherfucking bats on the ropes. They are afraid in this moment. You know, Mike, you mentioned um, Trayvon and a lot of these abolitionists, they want to abolish the police and adopt like a community watch program. But when you think about how wrong that could go, what do you, what do you think about that? My thing is, what is going to be the vetting system for the community? Will each community decide what their laws are? How will they decide that? So I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm saying, what does it look like for, for each community? Because the way it looks in Atlanta may be something radically different from the way it looks in Detroit. That's why it's plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. It's possible white communities do it. But while we're dealing with what we got, what we can do is adjust things. The big thing we can adjust is the 13th Amendment. The 13th Amendment allows for slavery in case of imprisonment. It literally says that. Now we have contracts where private prisons are guaranteed an 80% occupancy. So if I move to a town outside of Atlanta, and that town is a struggling municipality, that town has the ability to invite a private prison there. The private prison comes there and says, we must have 80% um, occupancy, or you're breaking your contract. All of a sudden, this town that used to be a town I used to drive through turns into a speed trap, a dope trap. They got five police dogs. They search in every car. And people who get caught with three grams of marijuana get one year. Because that one year you're in there helps keep that 8%, and it turns into an evil system where the prosecutor prosecutes for pay. The judges do it. So we have to start to say to ourselves, what does policing look like on the big? Let's get that changed. On the local level, why don't we have community review boards that are empowered to fire police? The way you're ever going to defeat police unions is by using public pressure on politicians and demanding something. You're going to have to attack pensions because it's your money they pay out. So I just want us to just know that as a community, you, there's never been a more opportune time for you to radically change policing on a local level. Now take that precedent to the polls. If your mayor doesn't agree, get that motherfucker out of office. If your judges and prosecutors are compliant in police brutality, vote those motherfuckers out of office. And if we don't do that, at some point we have to allow ourselves to say we take some blame and let these evil motherfuckers 
live when we could destroy them politically in the right now. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the, the Reagan record. And you start off the record, I think it's the freedom of some bullshit. Will we ever do it bigger? Just keep settling for little shit. I feel like we keep settling for little shit, especially yes, on yes. the federal level. Yes, man. How do, how, do, how do we change that? I think it's no better time. I don't think the answers come from two rappers that are stoned in the morning on radio. I think the answers <laughs> come from people. I think the answers come from people um, like the brother Desmond I was talking to last night, who was getting um, felons' rest, voting rights rest restored in Florida. He has the ability in Florida to change that entire state based on getting over a million people their right to vote back. You can radically change things through voting and money. We can do things like participate in our census so they know where we at. There's a way to change this system in the right now. But I don't think it comes from two stone rappers in the morning. It comes from the people that are organizing racial justice now, New Georgia Project, um, developing options. It comes from them because those are the people that are doing it every single day. And we should make sure those small groups like Judge Asha Jackson from DeKalb County, Judge Jackson set up a restorative program through her court using her own money. Using her own money, she allowed people who would have faced um, time, you know, minimal time, but still bull time that would have radically changed the rest of their life. She set up a program that was restorative that, that allowed those people to get back on pace. Her program is going to be picked up and mimicked by the state of Georgia due to a woman named Miss Ali who comes out of the juvenile court system in Georgia under Judge Brad, uh, well, worked with Judge Brad Boyd, who was a friend of mine, who instead of giving my homeboy, who was a gangster disciple, time in jail, allowed to become an organizer and radically changed his life to be a husband and father. With these kind of people leading the way, I think that changes. I agree with Mike. <laughs> isn't it ironic that we have people fighting to get their right to vote right their rights have been taken away and then there's people who will say hold your vote don't vote it's just crazy that we have both of those things happening simultaneously i think that everyone is a little bit confused as to how to proceed because nothing has ever seemed to really work and I think that we find ourselves arguing intellectually and just trying to figure out, like, well, what the f*** is, where is my power? I know that I, I have gone through many different changes in the way that I approach, the way that I engage with the system. There were years when I refused to vote because I had personally decided that it was a sham. I have evolved. Um, I started to realize a lot of that perspective was rooted in entitlement. A lot of that perspective rooted in the fact that I didn't personally feel a lot of the effects of the policy changes that happened on a local level in the communities that were really affected by it. So now I do participate, but I think that everybody is very confused about how, like, all right, you put yourself in a situation where you know that you know this motherfucker Trump got to get out of office, but then you get to a point where you're like, well, what does that mean? Does that mean that I'm endorsing someone that I don't necessarily agree with intellectually or politically? I like to say Nina Turner should be president of the United States, and I would like for everyone to get behind her for 2024. I think to answer Angela's question, Malcolm X said, by any means necessary, and that's the black people out there, if you have a municipality where you are dominant in that municipality, it makes sense, or you leverage a swing vote, it makes sense to organize your vote for whichever party member is going to do the most for your community concerns and the wider community concerns. That's your duty. If you have the ability to use your vote as a threat to say we will not vote because you are a swing vote, you do something and you hold you hold that line. Both have worked. So I just want people to know the vote is important. And if it is important, use it and leverage it. Let's organize, man. Charlemagne has been telling us 
What's happening in Portland? Charlemagne told us what happened a year ago. He said, Mike, I'm scared this motherfucker might not leave. Now I was like, get the hell out of here. He said, no, all he got to do is activate martial law. So if they're experimenting traveling in Portland, what do you think it's going to look like in Detroit or Chicago or Gary, Indiana? Black or New York. Right there, you, better, you better organize your vote. Hey, and Trump told us last week, no, that was Sunday. It was like, yo, if he loses, are you going to leave the White House? He said, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a good loser. I'm like, this motherfucker telling us what he plans to do. All right, we got more with LP and Killer Mike, a.k.a. Run the Jewels. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with Run the Jewels. Charlamagne? Mike, what do you think of Asheville, North Carolina, approving a, a reparations plan for his black residents? In, anything we're going to have is going to start at a micro or small level. John Conyers has been, since 1989, God bless the dead, we died last year, had been pushing since 89 to get the study of reparations studied. The Angela Project said black people are owed in excess of $15 trillion. Um, Bob Johnson, who went to the White House and requested this, um, says that it comes out to about $350,000 per person. I averaged it maybe about $450,000, $500,000 even. But not only would it be a cash statement, some, you'd have to figure out how much land people should get, how much education, tax incentives break, something to truly make up for 250-year head start to try to put us here. And everyone knows that if our community is stronger economically, the greater community is stronger. And that's just not me saying that. Cities like Chicago, all of a sudden, you have kids that are educated. You can reverse the evil redlining that happened for over 80 years in that country. And then you can get this country where everybody's running full steam. And then you get a country that can truly be dominant without warfare. Wow, I know, I know, I know y'all gotta go. I know LP on vacation. I just want, I wanna ask y'all one more question. Run the Jewels is a critically acclaimed rap group. But I saw one negative critique of the album uh, by a man named Eric Schreiber. And he said, rather than offering any social insight or clarity, the group's lyrics demonstrate a good deal of confusion. Members Killer Mike and LP match every healthy statement with several backward ones. How, how would you all respond to that? How the f*** do we know what he's talking about? You got a nice specific line, sir. Well, hold yeah, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all, no, 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 no. We're not above criticism. I mean, we don't have to, everybody doesn't have to love everything that we do, but... But be, be clear honest, in your critique, Eric. That's all I'm saying. No, Mike. but hold on, hold on, Mike. Hold on, Mike. Me and Mike are two stone <laughs> friends. We are making rap music. We are confused. And we are not here to offer a political solution in a rap record. We're here to represent the feelings of two dudes that I think connect pretty well to the feelings of people on the street and in the world. No, mother you can't just criticize me. Like, let me put on my T.I. cap. You can't just criticize me without mother telling me your criticism. That was, I argued with a young woman the other day. She said, I didn't like your speech with the mayor. And I said, oh, really? I said, well, what did you like? I don't know. I haven't listened to it. Well, this is simple. My thing is, if you want to criticize my music, fine. But you got to honestly give an example. I'm not above criticism, but I just, my is, please just say some real like, I just don't like them. But and that's also. okay, too. So forgive me for being passionate, but, but my, I, my real work, L's real work, benefits the world in a real way because you're watching a movie on audio. So I just challenge you to re-listen, get really stoned, have sex with whatever guy or girl you love, and just get 
stuff on shrooms and weed and listen to it as an action adventure television show. So there are going to be moments of morality. There are going to be moments of utter perversiveness and stuff and weird shit. But if you allow yourself to suspend the disbelief of Jamie and Mike, and you'll meet them at the, after the show, but just get into the characters of Killer Mike and LP, I just want to say, listen again, and we'll do lunch. And then if you don't like it still, you can just say, I don't with it. I will say his critique is a little off, though, because he even talks about Killer Mike's speech in Atlanta when... when, when exactly. He doesn't you know, with Mike. He doesn't with Mike. I don't like Mike. That's what it was. defend me, man. Defend me, Envy. Damn it. I don't listen to those people. If I did, man, you would be yeah, proud. I don't yo, yo, I got to shout this out right quick. You've been riding a bike, right? So Correct. I got to give a shout out to my man, Bear. Courtney Bear Seals. He's just a man. He's getting me into it. There is a beige, brown, and black bike coalition growing in this country, and you are a <laughs> you are a leader. I love you. I am and leading I, the way. And I and I got a, I got a shout out State Bicycle Company because we raised a good amount of money for for protests and Black Lives um, Matterine. We 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 did that through a, a Kill Your Masters BMX bike that we did as a one off. There were only two. I have one, but we're going to produce that bike. And we're going to do some more good in the world. So Bear got me on the bike. It's Bear Murphy. And seeing you next to a Ferrari in a bike said, maybe I should take this seriously. So I mean, I'm, enjoy, I'm enjoying it. I'm getting my cardio up. I'm losing weight. And you know what? It's a time just you and the boys go out and you're doing something positive. You're, you're just riding yeah. it. You look good, man. I, I, Why can't the women go out the They can. Absolutely positive. There's women out there riding and they will outride me in a minute. But, you All know. right. <laughs> I see Shane is still not up. Hold on. I'll be right back. <laughs> don't do that to her, Mike. No, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Don't do that to her. Don't you, DG? Hey, you got to get up. Angela Let says, aren't you up? No, don't do Shay like oh, that. Oh, my goodness. Hold on. You want me to bring the phone in here? <laughs> you want me up? Hold on. Hold on. We go, look, we got to take don't the Don't do that to, to Shay, bedroom. Mike. She got me. Just got there. She got $11,000 bed. What you talking about? Look like the man. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> Yo, real quick, Mike. I just wanna, I, I, I just wanna say, just for what it's worth, because you mentioned it, um, something that we're oh about to announce. But when we gave away this record, when we put this record out, hey Shay, hey Shay, when this, hey, Shay. When we put this record out, um, we we actually um, gave a, a free record out as well. Like, not only do we sell it, but we gave it away for free as well. And anybody who wanted a record could have the record. And one of the things that we asked people to do was donate to an organization called the National Lawyers Guild which is an organization that helps protesters with legal work to get out of, you know, that are, that are um, scooped up by the cops and that provides washdogs for protesters. And the, and the public, through that and through getting our album, has donated over $180,000 to that fund. So I just want to thank everybody for doing that. And it's one of those things that makes me and Mike really proud that we have the type of ear with, with, with people because that's like tangible good that that for us we could do together so i just wanted to shout out all the jewel runners for making that happen that's important and that's actually going to put some real work out there so thank you so the lawyers guild is dope because it's part of the math defense committee and that's like the lawyers legal workers they even give money to law students provide legal yep. support for political activists protesters it's dope mm -hmm. well, thank you let's guys so much we really appreciate this. This was amazing. Yeah, let's get into Thank it. You. What do you want to hear? Too much political talk, man. Let's play that out of sight. With out of sight. Out of sight. Let's with do it. Word. All right. Well, here we have it. It's the Breakfast Club. It's Run the Jewels. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. All right. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk the fight of the century. 
it's about time. What's going on? Yeah. Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. Contract is signed. So that is going to be on Triller, a social media app. I don't know if I want to see that, though. I want to see it, but I don't know if I want to see it. You ever have that feeling like you want to see it, but you're like, these two old men are going to hurt each other. They're going to they hurt themselves. I, I'm surprised the zone didn't pay for that fight. Uh, but, yeah, I pray for both of them. Uh, I don't want to see any one of them hurt. I know, yeah. more popular. I know Mike was more popular than Roy Jones back in the day, but as a fighter, Roy Jones Jr. had a much better career, and Roy Jones Jr. is one of the best pound-for-pound boxers of all time. Okay, Roy was a champion in four different weight classes. Let's not, let's not get that twisted. But who's that was, in that shape was, now? That was, yeah, that was 15 years ago. Who's in shape now? Both it's of them. What are you so talking about? An, Have y'all seen so Roy, Roy, Jones just, Roy Jones just stopped fighting like a, a few years ago. Let me see when Roy Jones' last fight was. In 2018. Um, so it's an eight, exactly. It's an eight-round exhibition match. It's happening on September 12th. It's being called the Frontline Battle. So it'll be available on pay-per-view and on Triller. There'll also be an undercard and live musical performances from artists that have not yet been announced. And Now, my son yeah. told me Nate Robinson is going to be on the undercard. I, Nate Robinson is going to be in, fighting. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. YouTuber Jake Paul will also be fighting mm-hmm. Nate Robinson on that undercard. Listen, you know I'm always rooting for everybody black, okay? But as a, if I was a betting man, even though I don't gamble, uh, my money would... Definitely have to be on Jake Paul. Have you but seen Jake, Jake Paul? Well, yeah. Jake Paul, Jake, he's Jake Paul probably fighting. Yeah. Yes. He, uh, well, he fights on those undercards, uh, and he's fought on his own pay-per-view before. Jake Paul get busy. He does, but we don't know if Nate I, Robinson was a previous boxer. We don't know. That's true. But we don't know if Nate gets busy. I, I hope so. I hope Nate just doesn't go in there and think, oh, yeah, I could go beat up this white boy. I hope he doesn't think that. All right. Well, for Mike Tyson, he said he's personally not getting rich from the fight. He said his cut will go to charity. He's not getting anything. So they paid about $50 million for the rights to the fight. And for Roy Jones Jr., he has the potential to make more than $10 million for the fight if the pay-per-view numbers are pretty big. Wow. Listen, I'm going to be there. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm not going to be there to see that one. I'm watching Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson. I just pray for both of them, and I don't want to see any one of them hurt hurt each other. And and the reason I will be watching that fight is because I love to see people um, defy their age, so to speak. You know, people say, oh, you're over 50, you shouldn't be in the ring fighting, yada, yada, yada. We'll see. I just, and plus, I, just, we all, we, I think it's a good time because we all need some stuff to watch, too. And it's September 12th. There's not going to be fans in attendance, so you can only watch it. Yeah, I don't want to see the two brothers hurt, the, hurt, hurt themselves, though. Like, I, I just remember Zab Judah fighting, what, a year ago and, and how he, he had brain damage or his brain was bleeding. He was in the hospital for a couple of days. I just don't want to see that for those brothers. And they're going to go hard. Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson absolutely going to go hard on each other. And if you read Jay Prince's book, you know, Jay Prince tried to make this fight happen um, a, 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 a while ago. I don't know why it didn't mm-hmm. happen, but yeah. All right, yeah, now Taraji P. Henson is going to be starring in an Empire spinoff that's based around Cookie. So her new production company will also produce the show as it was announced. And Lee Daniels and Danny Strong will be her co-executive producers. So congratulations to her for that. That's dope. Drop on the, drop on the clues bonds for Taraji P. Henson. She deserves it. And she got a first look deal with a 20th Century Fox, I believe. So salute to her. And in more Black Girl Magic news, Joy Reid has pulled in near record numbers of viewers for the premiere of her MSNBC show, The Readout, on Monday. She got 2.6 million million overall viewers. It's the second most watched regularly scheduled episode to air in the 7 p.m. hour in MSNBC's history. 
Drop on the clues, Bonds, for Joanne Reed. Um, I love that MSNBC has her on in that time slot. You know I, you know what I'm disappointed in? I'm disappointed in CNN. And the reason I'm disappointed in CNN is because you remember in 2016 when um, Barack Obama was leaving the White House and we didn't know who the next president was going to be? CNN gave a platform to so many black voices that we trust now, whether it's Angela Rye, Bakari Sellers, you know, Van Jones, um, uh, like just, just a lot of dope people. They're not doing that this this time around. So it's good to see MSNBC giving a a black woman a platform, especially at a time like this. Like mm-hmm. I would think well, that there'd be so many black voices and faces on these news networks right now, but it's not. It's weird, right? And Joanne Reed's first guest were Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, uh, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms from Atlanta, and Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Yeah, it's just very tone deaf of these news networks not to have more black faces on at a time like this. Like, it's just very, very tone deaf. So, once mm-hmm. again, salute to MSNBC for, for, for somebody up there having a clue. Because some people and are not saying they And not just as commentators. Let's have them as, you know, regular, paid, on all the time, have their own shows. All right. Yeah. Ryan Henry has unveiled his OnlyFans page. So, that should be exciting for some people who have seen that he's been working out. It's $28.49 a month. And... Yeah, so he put on social media, he posted a, a picture, and he said, well, not for y'all, it's for them. And link in bio, if you want to see Ryan Henry's OnlyFans from Blacking Chicago, people are making money. <laughs> Drum, how you feel about that? How do you feel about it? I don't feel any type of way about that. Why now, let's be real. A lot of people are under. Wow. Wow. Ruby, oh, that's so defensive. Ruby that's Rose made $100,000 in two days on OnlyFans. And her content was very PG, and it's a lot of the same content she already posted on her social uh, channels. So it wasn't nothing crazy. So it's not all X-rated. And Ryan Henry said that he's going to be doing only PG cooking content. So it's not nothing Um, risque like that. mm, How you feel about Ruby Rose? I'm a fan. Mess with that. Wow, two totally different um, energy shifts totally. When I ask I mean, you about Ryan Henry, you got all angry and defensive. Ask you about Ruby Rose, you're like, I'm a fan. No, because I'm a fan. one speaks to my interest and one is just a random. I don't know why you pulled me into the Ryan Henry conversation. Wow, <laughs> drum. Mm. All right. Thou who right. protests. And the Dream also used that, uh, used OnlyFans to promote his album to his last album, Sex Tape 4. So just How to FYI. How do you FYI. feel about that, drum? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mess with the Dream. I like it. Oh, so you like his OnlyFans. That's dope. Oh, okay. So you like Dr- the Dream's OnlyFans. All right. He's on there shirtless. Mm-hmm. I don't, mm-hmm. Why are we going down this road? I don't understand. Now, I do want to say, it's, if it's you guys <laughs> do subscribe to any OnlyFans pages, uh, Bobby Lights has an amazing one, if you have an opportunity to see his. Trump. No, no, no. <laughs> you want to go down Bobby's Old Town Road? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. Brought to you by Black is King, streaming July 31st. Experience the new visual album from Beyonce with music from The Lion King, The Gift. A celebratory memoir that reimagines the lessons of The Lion King. Black is King starts streaming July 31st only on Disney+. Plus. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, let's talk stupid executives, culturally clueless executives. It amazes me that people can systemically do things to hurt people, but can never systemically do things to help people. We'll talk about it. We need the Washington football team to come to the front of the congregation. we like to have a word with them. All right, we'll get into that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. This don't be a donkey, because right now you want some real donkey. donkey, donkey, donkey. donkey. 
It's time for Donkey of the Day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, hit me with the heat. Did she get donkey of the day? Please tell me. Absolutely. I have become donkey of the day. It's the breakfast club, bitches. You're a donkey. Donkey of the day for Friday, July 24th goes to the Washington football team. I say Washington football team with a question mark. I know when you heard me say that, you said, what is the Washington football team? Now, I looked it up this morning. Washington, D.C. is home to 22 flag football teams that play under the D.C. Gay Flag Football League. Uh, The D.C. defenders of the XFL began playing in February in D.C. But we all know the most famous football team in D.C. is the team formerly known as the Redskins, the fifth most valuable franchise in the NFL, now known as strictly Washington football team. Uh, You can't make this kind of stuff up. Let's go to Fox Business News for the report, please. The most boring name in the history of sports. It will tell you that ESPN is reporting that effective immediately, Washington, D.C.'s NFL franchise is going to be calling itself, quote, the Washington football team, pending adoption of a new name. Now, I've heard of unemployed people being between jobs. I've heard of people who are moving, uh, being between houses. I've even heard of people of faith being between blessings. But I've never in my life heard of a football team being between names. All those executives up there making all that money, none of y'all could think of anything better to do in the meantime. Okay? Y'all didn't have any better entertainment for the halftime show. In fact, during this intermission, we didn't even need a performance. We could have just went to get snacks. Okay? Y'all couldn't think of nothing better? I understand Redskins is offensive. Okay, I'm glad they're changing the name, but, bruh, they have been the Redskins since 1933. In fact, they were the Boston Redskins, and then when the franchise moved to D.C. in 1937, they became the Washington Redskins. So 83 years, 83 years you have unapologetically been the Redskins, ignoring everyone who said that name was offensive. But now, all of a sudden, it's such an immediate need to change it that you just decided to be Washington football team. Only person who ever changed their name to nothing was Prince. But at least Prince had an interesting symbol. Y'all could have done that. Okay, y'all could have said y'all the Washington football team and then gave the world a great logo. That could have worked for the moment. I would have rather seen that in the meantime, okay, than what y'all did, which is nothing. I'm also not mad at the simplicity. Sometimes we complicate things by giving it these extravagant names, but you can't just you know, be Washington football team. You have to add a the. So Washington, the football team, like Chance, the rapper, or Benny, the butcher, Tyler, the creator, the changes things. Chance rapper, Benny butcher, Tyler creator, right? Eh, okay. Washington football team. That all sounds stupid. But when you add a the, Washington, the football team, that sounds kind of hard. Now we might have something, okay? Redskins have a lot of fans out there, all right? That, that DMV area reps hard for their squad. Taraji P. Henson, Kevin Durant, Wale, Dale Earnhardt Jr., they love their Redskins, and they deserve better than this. And furthermore, the name should be a no-brainer, okay? You've been offending indigenous people all these years, offending Native Americans all these years, Sit down with some Native Americans and come up with something that they all find empowering. And boom, you got your name. It's really just that simple. How is it so easy for y'all to systemically offend, but you cannot systemically uplift? And I don't think you understand the impact that this no name change has on black and brown people. All right. There is a comedian named Donnell Rollins. You may have heard of him. Ashy Larry. Okay. You know, Ashy Larry, right? 
whenever there is a comedy show and it's like Monique and Friends, Dave Chappelle and Friends, he's always one of the friends. Yes, that guy, right? Funny individual. Brings a lot of joy into people's lives. And currently, he is miserable. All right? More miserable than usual. Sick over Washington football team okay when you script the team's identity when you script their name you script the identity of the fans they feel nameless they feel lost okay what are they supposed to do with years and years of merchandise and in dc you have to be specific about what football team you're talking about because like i told y'all earlier they have 22 flag football teams that play under the dc gay flag football league so right now brothers like donnell rawlings are not okay okay they're sick Literally, in fact, a welfare check had to be done on Donnell Rollins because of this no name change. Okay, a brother who had to perform the welfare check called up and told us what happened when he had to do a welfare check on Donnell Rollins due to Washington's no name change. Okay, listen. I was in the hotel, and um, so we had to do a welfare check. So I go in the room, and I turn the corner, and he's laying butt naked in the middle of the bed in a fetal position. So at I this point, did you know I it was Donnell Rollins? Yeah, I knew. So then after that, I smacked the side of the wall. I'm like, bam, I start smacking the wall. All of a sudden, he wakes up. He's like, oh, my God. Wow. Pray for our brother Donnell. Pray for, pray for brother Ashy Cheeks. Pray for all Washington fans. You know, um, once again, Washington football team, sit with some Native Americans. All right, same way you use the slur that offended Native Americans all these years, find a name that empowers Native Americans, indigenous people. And if you don't want to do Native Americans, just find a name that uplifts and empowers a marginalized community. All right, D.C. was known as Chocolate City. All right, they're still known as Chocolate City. Okay, so maybe name it something that empowers black people. But literally, all you culturally clueless executives who work for that franchise, your mindset should be, we offended for 83 years with Redskins. Let's uplift and empower with the next name, Simple. Please give the Washington football team the sweet sounds and the Hamiltons. Oh, now you are the donkey mm. of the day. Ooh, you are the donkey of the day. Yes, man, and please, man, pray for Donnell Rollins. Uh, uh, today, let's 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 do hashtag pray for ashy cheeks. Hashtag yeah, let's, let's send, pray for ashy cheeks. I mean, just we want to send some positive vibes, you know. Okay. So go to Do- Donnell Rollins on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he's not really active on Twitter. So at Donnell Rollins on Instagram and, you know, just, just go into whatever his latest pictures are, the pictures he posts all day and just put hashtag pray for ashy cheeks. You know what I mean? Brother, we had to, they had to do a welfare check on our brother because of this name change. Some people take this take this take these name changes seriously, man. All right. All right, well, we come... seven years old. We've been, we've been a Redskins fan for a long time. He sure has. All right, well, thank you for that donkey today. When we come back, Angelique, who are we, who we kicking it with? Uh, we have Pastor Soares joining us. He is the senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Lincoln Gardens in mm-hmm. Somerset, New Jersey. He also is the former Secretary of State of New Jersey and the former chairman of the Federal Election Assistance Committee. And he has this financially free series that he does. Everything is free, free online classes. And this is an initiative he's been doing for 15 years. So they are actually going to have a virtual conference this weekend. And he'll be talking about that. And you can go to mydfree.org for more information or to sign up for this free webinar. But uh, Pastor Stories will be joining us.
All right, and we'll kick it with him when we come back. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, uh, we have a special guest joining us. Now, break down who this is, Yee. Uh, pastor Stories is joining us, and he's the senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Lincoln Gardens. That's in Somerset, New Jersey. But he also does this these free webinars and free online classes for financial freedom so we have the uh, they have the online seminar going on this weekend, and we'll be talking about that. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Glad to be here. Dr. Sorry, this is an amazing year for you, okay, because first of all, with the First Baptist Church of Lincoln Gardens, what's happening this year? Well, I plan to retire in November Woo. if uh, coronavirus lets me. Um, yeah, I was wondering, are you years. still planning? Are you still planning to do that? Because I know you said last year in, in November you were retiring. Well, I gave the church about 15 months notice, but we didn't anticipate this virus. And right now we're still doing everything virtually. So Mm -hmm. I'm really thinking hard about the needs of the church and whether or not the transition can actually happen on time. But if it's not on time, it'll be in time. Now, why are you retiring? Are you focusing on other things? Is it time or or, or you're tired or you have other things in the work? Well, I'm not tired. I'm in good health. The church is strong. We've got five Mm -hmm. generations that are regular participants in the ministry, and I think it's time for me to transition while things are strong. You know, who who wants to hold on to the point where the thing is almost dead and then they try to bring somebody in to revive it? And so I think it's time for guys like me with my background and experience to make way for younger leaders while things are going well and while I'm still healthy enough to support the transition. You did the same thing when when you fired your wife, too. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we won't talk about that in public. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you said it was time to bring in younger people, right? And you want to make sure that we always are doing that because we see young people are out there on the front lines right now when it comes to the protesting, when it comes to everything exactly. that's happening. It is important for us to make sure that the next younger group of people are ushered in. Well, that's exactly right. You know, I think when I was coming along, a lot of the older leaders resented the younger people. Uh, in fact, they created barriers for us. And if you look around black America, whether it's churches, organizations, HBCUs, many of them are weak because the old line leadership held on too long. And I think what we're responsible for is transitioning out while we can still breathe and talk and create and be resources to younger people. For instance, the activists today, uh, uh, you know, young people are doing what I did Back in the 1970s, I was protesting police brutality, putting cops in jail. I've got experience. I've got knowledge. But it's not my role to jump out in front of the camera and on the mic to lead these protesters. So now I donate money to the protesters. I give them strategic advice. They're using my church on Saturday to start and finish a march. And I'm teaching the young activists. I'm lending support. But I'm not trying to hold on to the microphone and be in front of the camera. Now, what is the Free Global Foundation? What is what is the what does the foundation do? Well, thank you. It's it's D Free, and the foundation teaches churches, community organizations, uh, Greek letter organizations how to use a strategy to help their members become financially free. The strategy mm-hmm. is based on the books that I've written. The books that I've written are based on uh, my own experience. As I said, I was an activist in the '70s. 
Uh, we didn't use the word woke back then, but, you know, we used the word conscious. But if I update it, I was woke, but I was broke. I was leading protests, but I was getting calls from bill collectors. I was mm-hmm. on uh, Gil Noble's TV show like it is all the time, talking about black power, black liberation. But I had no insurance, no savings. And when my father died at 47, my 44-year-old mother became a widow. And if my father had not had insurance, I could not have supported her at all. She'd have been homeless had she depended on me. So I, I lived for about 12 years, paycheck to paycheck, credit card to credit card. And I was flaunting a lifestyle that looked one way, but I was living a reality that was completely different. And so in that sense, you know, I was, I was a hypocrite because I was considered an emerging young black leader and I mm-hmm. was leading social protests, but had no financial footing at all. And so D3 is a description of a strategy. It starts with minimizing debt, pay as you go. It, it, it continues to focus on delinquencies, pay your bills on time. We spend billions of dollars a year just on late fees because we're right. not organized. And then delinquency, living with a budget below our means. And when we talk about financial freedom, when we talk about black uh, economic strength, we often talk at the top, we talk about supporting black businesses, which is good. We talk about uh, owning black uh, businesses, which is good. But the reality is if we're living above our means, if we're paying last month's bills with next week's check, if we have nothing saved, and if we have no strategy for increasing our credit scores and our savings, then we're, we're just talking. We've got hashtags, but we've got no real strategy. The foundation trains organizations for free, and we spread the uh, curriculum. We have a strategy, we have a curriculum, we have tools, mm-hmm. and we give them away for free. What do you tell people today during this pandemic? Because, you know, usually they say, you know, you should have enough for maybe three months or six months in your account. But obviously that's a a lot further than six months, you know, seeing what's going on out there. So what do you tell people now with trying to save and trying to survive and trying to make sure they are okay? Well, the people that I'm close with, I tell, I told you so, because we've been preaching this now for 15 years. This is our 15th anniversary of the brand and the strategy and the curriculum. And while I don't want to beat people down, the fact is we've been begging people for 15 years to watch what you spend, to spend strategically, to save money, to live below your means, and to identify strategies for increasing your wealth. We don't, we don't talk enough about things we can do with what we have. And so that's number one. Number two, as I mentioned, if you look at look at the stock market, you know, when you talk about the stock market, you generally think about rich white people. But right now we're on Zoom. If you had bought one share of Zoom stock in February, you'd have paid $70 for it. Today, Zoom is worth $261 per share, which means that some of our brunch money and some of our social money and some of our going out money, if it had been aimed at Zoom stock, we would have increased our wealth by four times. And so I think during pandemic, it gives us a perfect time to really assess our finances, to really identify where our money goes. You know, I used to say to my dad, dad, I don't know where my money goes. And he'd say back to me, it doesn't leave home while you're sleeping. I mean, your money goes where you take it. And before we can increase our wealth, what we have to do is to assess where our money is currently going. If I'm paying $185 a month for premium cable, but only watch Bravo and BET, 
that I need to really switch from premium cable to basic cable and do something concrete with the money that I save. So, so DJ, it's that kind of focus and common sense. Everybody can do it strategy that the D Free Global Foundation teaches. All right, we have more with Pastor Sores when we come back. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Pastor Sores. Yee? We have a whole conference, a virtual conference that you're leading up that's happening this weekend, July 24th to the 25th. So let's talk about that from crisis to clarity. Yeah, you know, again, as an old time social activist, I'm inspired by the 2,000 cities that saw protest over the last three months in response to George Floyd. I'm optimistic about police reform. I love what guys like Sean King are doing. You know, I talked to him on Saturday. He's working on replacing 23,000 district attorneys around the country. I mean, that's great stuff. But at the end of the day, we don't want people to be woke and broke. And so this Friday and Saturday, we are pausing to celebrate the 15 years that we've been trying to help our people from the bottom up in churches and neighborhoods and youth groups uh, understand that we need a financial strategy. And we've got speakers. Uh, 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 Miss Angela Yee is one of our speakers because she's been a part of our movement. She came to my yes. church uh, for one of our conferences, and I didn't even know who she was because, you know, I'm old. I, I watched uh, Good Morning America, but our young people listen to uh, The Breakfast Club. And uh, the place was packed with young people listening to her talk about uh, her entrepreneurial dreams, her home ownership. Uh, and so she's one of our speakers this weekend. We have a young guy, Tarek Brooks, who now runs Sean Combs Enterprises. And mm-hmm. Tarek, I met Tarek when he worked for Bob Johnson. Tarek is the only young person who has worked for two black billionaires during his career. And he's going to talk about how he got started, what he did with uh, Mr. Johnson and what he's doing with Mr. Combs. We've got yeah, a young great. woman named Shawnee Harris, who's the president of the Prudential Foundation. So we've got great speakers and panels to talk about what we have done and where we are planning to go. And I, I got to bring this up, right? When you actually had the sit down with Don Imus and the Rutgers women's basketball team, when Don Imus said those comments and called them nappy headed, you know, I don't even want to say it again because right. I hate that. So anyway, I just want to know um, what your thoughts are on engaging with people because right now there's a lot of things that are happening. A lot of people saying, you know, a lot of white people that we've been seeing online that have been going viral saying awful things to black people. And I just want to know as far as engaging when these things happen, what are your thoughts on how people should handle that? Well, I think we should be upfront and direct. When Don Imus was on the radio and he maligned the integrity and the image of those young women who play basketball at Rutgers, who, by the way, happened to attend my church. Uh, I called him directly and said, why'd you do it? I met with him to explain to him that just because he hears black people using that language with other black people, that it is not the same dynamic as him being on national radio using that language to denigrate those women because, uh, What is a term of endearment for one group is a term of disgrace and embarrassment used by somebody else. Uh, And what we did was we arranged a meeting between Don Imus and the Rutgers women's basketball team, and we insisted that he sit and listen to them explain to him why they were so offended, the impact of his words on their lives, 
and he apologized. They accepted the apology, and they moved on and, and finished their academic year. But I just don't believe we should sit back and, and suck it up all the time. You know, black right. people, uh, I think, in the last couple of months have risen above the suck-up, and white people need to understand that uh, all black people are trained from our childhood to choose our battles, to kind of suck it up, and every generation has decided to suck up less than the last generation. You know, when I was a child, I watched Tarzan on TV, and we just kind of sucked it up. We don't tolerate Tarzan images anymore, and we can't tolerate people denigrating us and offending us with impunity, and that's why I confronted Don Imus. Absolutely. Well, tell them well, about like the uh, conference one more time that you guys are doing so people could get in touch, they could check it out, and they could be a part of it. The site where you can register is mydfree.org, and it's free. We've got speakers. We've got information. We have resources. It's Friday from 11 to 5, and it's Saturday from 11 to 5, and um, it's a time to interact with information. Of course, because it's virtual, it means that you can go back and you can access information. One right. of the downsides of virtuality is that we can't connect and hug and slap each other uh, high five. But the good news about the virtual is that our content remains alive for as long as it's available. And so we're very excited about it. I'm grateful to uh, what, what, what the Breakfast Club does. Angela has been our, our strongest link. But, you know, you, you not only deal with gossip, but you deal with gospel. You not only focus on entertainment, but edutainment. And it's because of resources like these that we're able to spread the word, empower our people, and uplift a generation. Despite all of the onslaught of hatred and barriers, our history and our heritage is such that we've always managed to do things for ourselves when others were opposed to us. And so thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the support and for and for the work that you do. Well, thank you, Reverend. Right. We appreciate you for checking in and, and good luck this weekend on the conference. Thank you, Pastor Sorries. God bless. The Breakfast Club. Everybody, it's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk logic. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Yeah, so Logic put out his album, No Pressure, and I saw that the song Soul Food 2 has been trending since yesterday, so here's a part of that for you. Yo, 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 yo. Conversations with people, crazy how one day the legends forget that they equal on the sun, the pressure sequel, we not taking it back, we keeping it pushing, people scared of change, but you'll find me deep in the cushion, even when I win and feel like I'm losing, listening to beats in the beam of cruising, I think I got another hit, I can feel my body bruising, what's the conclusion, or rather my hypothesis, I'm darker than Gotham, it's like reading Astrodamus at 90 degrees, you better believe, I know how to turn a profit with ease. Let me tell you how old I am. I thought that there was an actual Soul Food 2 movie coming out, like with Big Mama and all of them. I had Yo, no idea they had anything. I ain't go front. I thought the same thing. <laughs> you didn't know I why thought that was the trending. same thing. I had no idea. I, 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 I meant to click on it all morning, but I really thought it had to do with Big Mama and them. I didn't know it had nothing to do I with no too. damn logic. All right. Well, why, yes, why is it called Soul Food? Logic, logic Food like ain't got no seasoning on it. Why is it called Soul Food? Anyway, uh, the first installment was, I think, back in 2014. But I saw a lot of people talking about this new album and saying it's better than his last two albums, and they love it. So That's maybe good. something to consider listening to. 
Salute to Logic. Dan, Dan, our producer, is a Logic fan. He was in there complaining about something this morning. What, what was, was he complaining about? I don't know. What yeah, he was saying about? something about they were using the same beat or something. I wasn't complaining about that. He, he was just pointing it out. He said uh, he didn't sample it. It's his beat. He used the beat off um, Under Pressure from his old album. What's wrong with that, though? Like, I don't no, know. People are excited so I I because okay. people loved that oh, album okay. so much, so they're excited to hear that that was the beat he picked. I agree. I think more hip-hop artists need to do that. If it's a dope beat, like, everybody should do their own versions to the song. Reggae artists do it all the time. What do they call it? Yee-yaw. That's a, a rhythm. rhythm. A rhythm. rhythm. A rhythm. rhythm. <laughs> That's right. I like rhythms. Like, like I like that. Ponder logic. Ponder logic. Ponder logic. Oh, my I like, I like, I like rhythms. Oh, all right, now let's talk about the top 10 highest-paid celebrities on Instagram. Who do you think is the number one spot for that? Kylie Jenner. Yeah, She's actually number two. Okay. Kim K. But she was formerly number one. Nope. Kim Kardashian is number four on the list. Number one is Jess Hilarious. Uh, no, she is mm. not. Okay, y'all don't know. DC the Rock. Young Fly. The Rock no. is number one. The Rock. Dwayne Rock Johnson. Rock is number one. Okay, who's number two? How much the, how much the Rock get Kylie paid Jenner. Per post? Uh, they said that uh, according to these numbers, uh, he gets paid a million dollars per post. Wow. Wait a minute. No, no, no. When you say a million per post, you don't mean just random post, though. You mean like when he is advertising something. Yeah. 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 Got you. So there you have Jeez. it. So, yeah, that's amazing. Imagine that. A million dollars per post. Logic, have mercy. Lord, have messes. <laughs> what? Also in the top that's 10 list is Ariana Grande, Selena Gomez, Beyonce, Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift. Um, Nicki Minaj is up there as well. So, you what know. Do, what do they... What do they Promote though. Let me go look at Beyonce's page. I don't ever see Beyonce like that's this. It. Now, that's the thing I was stuff. wondering too, because when they did this list, I'm like, well, I didn't yeah, know I've Beyonce never seen promote. does promotional posts, but maybe what they the way they look at it is according to your numbers, how much you are supposed to get paid per post. I don't know. Oh, got you. Because I see like Beyonce posted the Blackest King trailer. She posted Black Parade. She posted Chloe and Holly. She posted Brianna Taylor. But those are all things that are personal to her. So I don't. And also, when you it. do these posts, you also just do what you want to do, too, by the way. When you're at that stature, obviously, you're not going to just be posting flat tummy tea or something like that, you know? So, Let me tell you, if I was at that stature, I would be posting flat tummy tea. What's the other one? Uh, <laughs> what's the, what do they call it? Girdle? Waist, what was it? Girdle? You have a waist trainer. Waist, waist trainer. trainer. I mean, I'm all that stuff. Manscaped. The page. The Rock, the first, the Rock's last two <laughs> posts are about some goddamn tequila. That's his tequila. That's his? Yeah, that's his tequila. Oh, okay, okay. It. What's it called? It's called a Terramana. Terramana? I love tequila. I I'm a tequila drinker. I would love to Me try too. that reposado. Do they have Terramana reposado? I'm like sure. The they always have an añejo, a reposado, extra añejo. All right, now here's another story. Now, this story made no sense to me because according to reports, right, they're saying that Eminem is stressed that Mariah Carey will discuss their sex life in a new book that she has coming out. She posted about her book. She said, it took me a lifetime to have the courage and the clarity to write my memoir. I want to tell the story of the moments, the ups and downs, the triumphs and traumas, the debacles and the dreams that contributed to the person I am today. Though there have been countless stories about me throughout my career and very public personal life, it's been impossible to communicate the complexities and depths of my experience in any single magazine article or a 10-minute television interview. And even then, my words were filtered through someone else's lens, largely satisfying someone else's assignment to define me. So she's doing this memoir in her own words. She said it was incredibly hard, humbling, and healing. She said, my sincere hope is that you are moved to a new understanding, not only about me, 
but also about the resilience of the human spirit. Now, the reason this story doesn't make sense, right, that Eminem is stressed about what you might say about his uh, their sex life together because they had a personal relationship level is that Mariah says that they only met a handful of times and that it was strictly professional. So why would she write in her book then about their sex life? First of all, Eminem would be being a total hypocrite uh, if he was ever upset about somebody writing anything about him. <laughs> okay, that is true. Eminem That's is facts. Written, yep. Eminem, Eminem has written a lot of things about a lot of people, but there's no need to be stressed uh, unless you're doing things in the bedroom you're not proud of. I mean, what's the worst Mariah can say? Uh, M's terrible in bed. He got a little PPE. She put a knuckle in his. Butt. Like, what's what's the worst that she could say? Like, none of that'll hurt him. What if it's all three of those things? But no, the source says that. <laughs> A triple entendre. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, a little pee pee is terrible in bed, and I put my knuckles in his. <laughs> then I would have. Then I would. I would. I would be mad at Mariah for shaming him. That's that's sex shaming. And yeah, but I, I would shaming. be a little nervous. If I was Eminem, okay. I would be a little nervous of all those things. Well, yeah, what? Man, Eminem rapped about him and Dr. Dre having unprotected sex this whole time. I've been lying my ass off. Me and Dre been out the closet effing with hats off, and then Dre comes in with the suck it Marshall ad lib. Like, come on, that's Eminem. Nothing can hurt him. And that's why I don't don't believe the story. They said that he's stressed out that Mariah's going to say that he was bad in bed or a selfish lover because he's always been insecure about that. But Mariah says she never slept with him. So why would she even say that in her memoir? Where are you getting these these sources? Cite your sources. Well, I saw this all day yesterday, but this is from the Jasmine brand. But I saw this on a lot of different sites also. Hey, I just want y'all to know, too, that The Rock was advertising an ice cream called Salt and Salt. I seen that ice cream. too. I don't know that if that's his, but they, they gave him a million dollars if that's what it was. I seen that ice cream post. He he posts about this tequila a lot, but that makes sense because it's his. Okay, yes, hold on is. now. Va, Voss Water. He's got a Voss Water post. Millie. Okay. I'm not going to lie. The Rock kind of thotty. He's advertising French toast. French toast, too? He's like a flat tummy tea model. He advertises a lot of stuff. I didn't know. Voss I'm Water. Listen, right now we all working from home. Yeah, we working from home. I'm not French toast. Well, yeah, you sure post, so I'll take it. I want some of that to kill it. Oh, Tara, Tara, Tara mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to go, get some of that. Don't they sell that in the store? And by the way, since you brought up ice cream, I just want to say uh, I normally can't eat ice cream because of my lactose issues, but they do have this amazing uh, dairy-free ice cream that I've been having that I just want to recommend to people. It's called Daya, Daya, D-A-I-Y-A. It's dairy-free and all their products are, but I'm just putting it out there, not an ad or anything. It's just something I've been having that's amazing. All right. If you all care. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report brought to you by Black is King, streaming July 31st. Experience the new visual album from Beyonce with music from The Lion King, The Gift, a celebratory memoir that reimagines the lessons of The Lion King. Black is King starts streaming July 31st only on Disney+. Plus. Did they give you a million for, the, a million for that? Yes. Good. All right. Well, shout to Revolt. A million million things. Okay. Well, shout (laughs) to Revolt. We'll see you on Monday. Everybody else, shout to Jeezy. This weekend is the 25th anniversary of Thug Motivation 101. One of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time. If you don't think so, debate your mother because I ain't got time. All right, so we're going to do it all about Jeezy this morning, all about Thug Motivation 101. So get your request in. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. 
Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, shout out to LP and Killer Mike for joining us this morning. Run the jewels. Yeah, that album is out, RTJ4. So mm-hmm. make sure you go uh, scream that, however you get music. And I want to say, too, man, happy early born day to my niece, Nyla Simone. Nyla Simone's born day is tomorrow. Drop on the clues bombs for young Nyla. Mm-hmm. Okay. Happy birthday, Nyla Simone. I don't, know, I don't know how old she is. I think like 24 tomorrow or something like that. But wow. Yeah. Salute to young Nyla. There you go. All right. When we come back, we got the positive note. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, Yee, what are you doing this weekend? I know you're doing a conference, right? Uh, yes, uh, mydfree.org, my, the letter D, free.org. And we're talking about financial freedom, and there's a lot of people that will be on speaking. So if you can't watch it live, you can also watch that online afterward. But it's completely free for you to sign up and watch. All right. Now, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? I do, man. Uh, I want to tell everybody out there, evict that victim mentality. Okay, let go of all that, all right? Your past does not have to poison your future just because you've been through some hurt and pain or perhaps one or more of your dreams have been shattered. That doesn't mean God doesn't have another plan for you, okay? God still has a bright future in store for you. So evict that victim mentality, deal with that trauma, and do what I do. Pray and go to therapy. Breakfast club, bitches! You all finished or y'all done?